0: Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
1: The wind blows cold, it's raining down in my soul. All alone, stranded home roll Cause it didn't take the call Waiting for the wind to fall Waiting for the wind to fall Faith and hope will rise again Waiting for the wind to fall Good Lord, Sam's gonna get when that good day comes around I'll be waiting for the wind And my you are down Dark angels once again, cause I didn't take the call. And I'm waiting for the wind to fall. Waiting for the wind to fall. Faith and hope will rise again. Waiting for the wind to fall. The good Lord Saints gonna guide me. when is then my say then
0: David Lane and Johnny Dowers. And from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm host Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico today is the almost birthday girl, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby.
2: <laughs> Good morning, Gary. Yes, um yes, the birthday is eminent. I think I'm this is my last day of the age that I am right now.
0: <laughs> well, I think we're all at the last <laughs> day of the age we are right now, so we'll we'll never be any younger than we are, you know.
2: But, uh, anyway, <laughs>
0: got a birthday coming up tomorrow, so happy birthday early to you.
2: Thank you, thank you.
0: Oh, it's you're, a big one. Yeah. Well, they're all big. They're all. <laughs> well,
2: this this is this is a this is a this is a big one. I even got a special. I got a special card from the Social Security uh, Administration, you know, welcoming me uh, on my birthday. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't give away too much now, you know. But, no uh, a little teaser. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> hey, we have a really as as uh, who was it? It's supposed to say really big show, really big show today. <laughs> and one of mm-hmm. our favorite guests is joining us today, and we're going to go back. To years and play some of her music all the way up to today. But who is our guest?
2: Our guest this morning is Joni Harms. And I think I've known her almost all of those 23 years.
0: All right. <laughs> almost. All right. So we're going to be having a great time visiting with Joni and playing some fantastic music uh, that she has created over the years. And in the second hour of the show, this is going to be kind of a special show. We've got two young ladies that are going to be joining us, along with Lisa Dearson, who is the founder of the Equus Film Festival. But Lisa Ann and Hannah are going to be embarking on a journey across the United States, traveling 5,000 miles. And we're going to be talking with them about the trip that's coming up and the reason for the trip when we come back on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's listen to a song that Joni Harms has done. It's one called Louisiana Hot Sauce. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Joni on the Campfire Cafe.
3: Is the heat turned up? Is it warm in here? I'm already sipping on another cold. In a hot sauce honey beads of On my brow feels like a fever From the inside out Tell me how the thought Of one little kiss starts this burning
4: To douse the flame.
5: Usually I don't melt this way,
3: but all it took was one little taste. Eating hot wings don't even come close. You affect me like a a hot
5: sauce.
3: Honey, be discreet. All right.
2: to Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm still (laughs) toe-tapping. Such a great song. We just heard Louisiana Hot Sauce performed by today's guest, Joni Harms. Joni Harms writes and sings about the Western way of life, a life she has personally experienced. She lives on a ranch in Oregon that was homesteaded by her great-great-grandfather in 1872. Joni has the songwriter's gift. Spinning stories with her words and clear, captivating voice, she grabs a hold of the listener and doesn't let go. Throughout her successful music career, she has recorded 14 albums and won numerous awards from the International Western Music Association and the Academy of Western Artists. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe returning guest and always a delight to chat with award-winning singer, songwriter, performer, entertainer, and an International Western Music Association Hall of Fame inductee, Joni Harms. Welcome, Joni. Wow, Bobby, what an introduction.
4: Hi, my goodness, and happy birthday to you a Day Early. Oh, thank
2: you. <laughs> well,
4: Thanks we're you. delighted so nice to, to have you with
2: us. Yeah.
0: yeah. Go ahead, Gary. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say it's always good to have Joni with us. And uh, when you were talking, Bobby, earlier about the fact that you probably had known her for the 23 years, I thought, well, that would have made both of you girls about 16. So pretty, pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. cool.
4: <laughs> Spot on, Gary. <laughs>
0: there we go. Yeah. <laughs>
4: there
0: we go. Oh, gosh. it's good. It's good to have you with us. So thank you. You have traveled internationally a lot and of course all over the United States performing. Uh what has this COVID done to your international traveling?
4: It's made me appreciate it more than I ever have in my life. I mean the, the travel that I've been able to do, places I've been able to go, people I've been able to meet. And you know, uh oh, we're getting back into it pretty good. I haven't really missed a lot this last summer, This in the past few months. Last year, of course, was a different story. But, right. um, you know, it, it sure feels good. I was uh, in Prescott, Arizona, Prescott, I guess as they say, uh, just a week and a half ago for the Cowboy Gathering there. And people were just so happy to be out and enjoying, you know, the Western music again. I came home and did uh, the Clackamas County Fair my hometown fair right here in Canby, Oregon. And uh so you know, definitely back in full force and getting ready to go to Idaho, uh, into California, into New Mexico, Texas and Oklahoma this fall. So a wow. uh, pretty full schedule and um just just excited to be back at it.
0: Well that's great. Uh, is the is the uh, uh international performances are they back on or is you know, are some of the borders still closed? I know Canada you can't for, go into.
4: We're hoping for 2022 on those. If not, 2023. Okay. In fact, one of them, mm-hmm. um, Ireland, Germany, and as in Switzerland, I believe, are already looking at uh, waiting till 2023, and they were supposed to be last year. So, oh, you wow. know, I mm-hmm. think to keep things on the safe side, they, they're not canceling, but they're putting them out there a ways away. And, and that's fine. You know, I mean, I'm anxious to, that's better than saying, well, we're just going to forget having it at all we're going to still keep hoping and trying that we can they're just worried about you know having the attendance that they would like Mm -hmm. to have and almost need to have to put on big festivals like that
0: yeah yeah Yeah. well it's it's been an interesting year and uh still interesting as far as uh, some of the international (laughs) travel is concerned you know so we hope things will get opened back up i think i saw the other day that Canada is letting Americans in, but America's not letting Canadians in yet. So, okay. Hopefully well, that. Will I don't change.
2: know. Every yeah. day Johnny. is a new adventure. <laughs> it is. I, it can is. I can I jump can I just jump in here for just a second? I saw that you just did a concert early August with our friend Dan McCorison, and it sounds like he has started an, a concert series.
4: Yeah,
2: it was uh, great. It was yeah. this little place called the Copper Penny. Yeah. In Sundays with Dan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I I thought that was really great that you know that in the midst of 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 all of this too that some venues are even uh opening up with new, you know, n- new opportunities and uh yeah. and kudos to Dan. How fun. Yeah, and it was a packed house. I don't think there
4: could have been one more person wedged in there. It was, uh, you know, he's he's been doing this I think four or five times prior to me coming in, and um, he's just been building and building this this bunch of people that come out on Sundays to hear who he's got with him and hear him play. And of course, he is a wonderful entertainer on his own, and great songwriter and guitar player, and just an all around really nice person. So so it was uh, fun. I used him on a couple of the um, private shows and then a place called uh, the Gaslight Music Hall right there in Tucson, Oro Valley in Tucson. I used him um, on that show with me. And so then he returned the favor and asked me to be part of his show. So it was very fun. Oh,
2: we love to, we love to hear about new things going on.
4: (laughs) Well, especially
2: now, right? You know, new good things going on. We need to
4: all focus on those and, um, you know, just, just I think one of the best pieces of the advice I can give anybody that would ask is just to try to find the positives because there's, there's so much negative out there that if you let yourself grow on it, it can start to bring you down. And you just can't mm-hmm. let that happen. There's, there's enough mm-hmm. wonderful things still for us to find and focus on. And, you know, that's certainly certainly what I'm trying to do.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the attitude mm-hmm. you need to have That's the attitude you need to have So we're going to focus on 23 years ago And <laughs> this Is such a great song I, you know, I just had fun going through and picking out Songs for today And uh, so I went back to 1998 and this is A song called A Woman Knows What can you tell us mm-hmm. about that?
4: Well A Woman Knows is, is uh, One that goes back to yeah, it wasn't that on my Warner Warner Western album. And uh it's it's a song that I wrote with Dan Tyler, same one I wrote I Need a Wife, with and several other songs that were um actually top twenty singles on the country radio billboard charts back in the day. But A Woman Knows has a great message in it, I think. It's really just kind of letting you guys know that you really can't slip much by us. We uh we pick up on on every little thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so you might as well just, you know, be up front right from the get-go, because we're going to catch it go. anyway. There you go.
5: <laughs>
0: well, from 23 years ago, this is a fantastic song, and it's one called A Woman Knows.
5: a woman knows.
3: With just a look She's got the intuition To read you like a book A gift that she was born with oh. going on. She understands that honesty is the rain that makes love grow. They say, a woman knows
0: Special guest today, Miss Joni Harms That's a great song Well, thank you, Gary
4: Being a newlywed there, you better pay attention to that one, too
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because um, Mary Kay has been telling me That I needed to get some updated glass frames So I went and had an eye exam yesterday And, of course, I took her with me and uh, so she got to pick out my frame for me. So I, I Wonderful. posted a photo- Yeah, I posted a photograph and, and said, um, MK, I needed some new frames. What do you think? And everybody said, what did she think? And I said, well, she picked them out. So that, they said that was a good thing. That was a good thing. Yeah. But a woman knows. A woman knows. Yeah. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> 23 years ago and I was just thinking earlier this morning uh, what has changed in the recording industry in the past 23 years?
4: Well, a whole lot of things but you know, one of the fun things I need to point out uh, and just bring up because I don't think we've ever talked about this before is that when I was first signed to Warner Western I uh, was barely pregnant with Luke and so when I was recording Cowgirl Dreams. I had a nanny come with me, and for the pre-production, I took Lucas, just a tiny baby, back there. And um, then we set up our time to record, and they said, well, we'll put you up. uh, I think it was something Manor, the one that had the guitar set swimming pool. Oh,
5: yeah. Remember that, Um, yeah, uh, yeah,
4: and they got a little apartment there for me and a nanny and Luke, and so I um, brought him back. He was probably oh six weeks old when I record when I recorded wow. Girl Dreams, and uh, <laughs> so I would uh, feed him in the morning, and then the nanny and Luke and I would go to where the studio was. We would record. And then she'd bring him over around lunchtime and we'd take a little break and and then she'd go back to the room with him and so Luke was very much a part of that. So he's obviously twenty three years old now. And uh so so that was all some pretty special inside scoop there that uh, I was I said, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. my kids have got to know what it is mom does right off the bat. They're not <laughs> changing my <laughs> life, they're just, just becoming part of it. Hi, and hi, so hi. Um, okay. Yeah. So they definitely have done that and, and you know, that was no big deal to do that back then. Um, so much of the recording industry is, is, is different now where, you know, you can do a lot of it in your in home studios. You don't necessarily even have to have all the players there and you know, which I um personally i like it better that way that's the way i've done it all these years i guess if it was the first time out and you're you're not used to that it would be different but you can certainly you know uh make records without going into a, a studio you can sell records without being on a label those, right. are two, those are two of the biggest things that you know i mean it's, you don't have to put a cd out anymore in fact. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of people that even can play CDs anymore. So it's no. mostly just downloading it online, or you know, all the opportunities, the ways you can can order music online. But um, you know, it's in a lot of ways that's great, and in a lot in a lot of ways, people that have known it no other way for so many years, kind of like myself, I, I miss uh, the whole production of of getting real players together listening to songs just written and then making charts and going in and make that, uh, magic happen in the mm-hmm. studio, if you will. And then, then put it out where a CD or an album, you can actually hold in your hand and see who wrote the song, see pictures mm-hmm, of them. Um, you know, all, all of that kind of thing is, is something that I, I miss in today's music.
0: Are you, yeah. Are, yeah. are you, um, Well, I know you did CDs with uh, Lucky 13. Um, Are you going to do CDs for your next album?
4: Well, I've got some songs collected. I guess the latest one that I went ahead and put out is because I felt like it needed to be heard um, was The Heart Behind the Badge, and that's available Mm -hmm. on iTunes. And then I know you guys have got copies of that, and I I went ahead and put that out without a CD because I thought, you know, this is a song that is now. It's time for people to hear now, so I I did that. But I... uh, I think I probably will. I don't know, believe it or not, like Olivia's doing some vinyl with, with uh, her right. song on Cowgirl because that is getting more popular. And it's it's interesting. She'll go out to a show, and she's got caps and T-shirts and all kinds of merch, and, and those are the things she sells way more than she does her CDs. I mean, she sells yeah. some, but most people are downloading yeah. the music and then just buying product. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, I've always sold little bits and pieces of stuff like that when I've had it, but it's not been my, my big seller. It's always been my music.
0: Right. So it's really right.
4: different than, it, than it's been.
0: Well, Mary Kay tells me that the only time people are buying CDs now are when they can just come to a show and they can get one signed and it's more like a souvenir, you know. Right. Because, right. like you say, people don't even have CD players in their car anymore. They don't have them at home. And, and I kind of cra- up, she came in the other day, and she loves thrift store shopping. And she was somewhere, and she came wagging in a phonograph that she gave $4.99 for ninety nine for, and popped on a couple really? of vinyls, and, and it sounded good. It sounded great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know? fun to hear. That in fact,
4: if you're ever a guest at the Harm's Ranch here, there is a little cabin guest house that we have, and there is no TV, there is no cell service but we have a wild collection of vinyl and a and a stereo player out there that you can spend some vinyl so i've had guests say they've been up till two or three in the morning having a blast looking through all <laughs> yeah. those old, old record albums <laughs> uh, yeah. well on
2: a on a on a side note um a library that my sister retired from but stays in touch with they have now may uh they've now added vinyl and record players to their collection to be able to be checked out. Yeah. Right.
5: Yeah. And, it's and I think well, for a
2: library, yeah, for a library to make that decision, uh, then that's not just a, a fad or a, a trend. They're, you know, they're identifying that this is uh, customer demand, you know, so really interesting. <laughs> well, it'll be
4: interesting to see if it really does go back to vinyl because, you know, I mean, gosh, Josh has gone from... Way back in the day when I was just a pup, but they had the eight tracks and then they had the cassettes Uh and the 45s and then, you know, the vinyl and then finally the CDs. And I don't know if it'll go full full circle or what, but I do still think there is always going to be at least people like you said, Mary Kay said, going to a concert, winning a souvenir. I also still think there's going to be people that want to hold something in their hand and not just, you know, it's handy to download it. But to mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, this is this person's collection of of music. Let's let's see who who played that steel guitar lick. I've got to look that mm-hmm. up. Um, right. Who wrote this right. song? Um, what does this person look like? You know, or what's their personality? I mean, I just really think that that's not going to completely go away. Where people are going to want to have something like that.
0: Well, that's mm-hmm. true, and it may it may go more to the panel because uh, that's kind of a collectible type thing, you know? Yeah. I wish mm-hmm. I wish I had all my old forty fives and albums from back in the day. I could make a yeah. fortune off of those today. But anyway, I <laughs> wanna to get to another song from nineteen ninety eight. And this is a great song called Swing. Tell us about Swing.
4: Okay. I wrote this with the wonderful George McCorkle who was part of the Marshall Tucker band. Uh he wrote Fire on the Mountain and uh, we oh, wow. we met uh, we were both writers for Anne Murray's publishing company, Balmer. And uh so we met there and uh we were just talking and, and you know, kinda I said, I, you know, I I love swing music and he said, Me too, let's write something like that and so it's just it's kind of a fun little little song and, and very danceable. We have had a lot of people say they love to dance that one and he was just a great guy. In fact I have to throw in there too that your opening song, uh Louisiana Hot Sauce, I wrote with Kim Tribble, and he passed away just this morning
5: oh, uh, no. in Nashville. He oh.
0: was,
4: a, it was oh, no. a great, great songwriter, and uh, we wrote that one together. So so that was very nice that you chose to, to play that today. Well, I I'm, got a lump in my
0: throat when I heard it. Wow. Well, we've lost some great ones recently. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, right. On a positive note, here's a fun song. This is called Swing, and we'll be back and talk more with Joni and Bobby in just a on today's Campfire Cafe.
3: Oh, you're hard to miss standing there by the wall. You really stand out in a crowd. Patting your foot while the band. great big grin We're two steps away from a real good time so let that fun begin if you want to dance with me oh well boy you better learn to swing it ain't that hard to do you don't be making it some But it won't do the trick Can't you come up with something new Cause I came here tonight to dance What's it gonna take Baby, made all kinds of moves Except the one you need to make But if you wanna dance
5: We just learned to swing.
2: your boots across the floor. Joni Harms from the album Cowgirl Dreams. Joni, uh, we were talking a minute ago about, you know, CDs versus MP3s and such. And one of the things, of course, that's so fabulous about CDs is the opportunity for liner notes. (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah and who played what and who wrote what and I, for one appreciate them, but I was rereading the liner notes on Cowgirl Dreams, and I learned a couple of things that if i knew if I knew this about you, I had totally forgotten you were a rodeo queen at one time,
4: yes.
2: yeah, yeah would you just seven, tell us
4: seven? A- Seven different years, yes. Bobby.
2: <laughs> Seven. years. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that experience, because I think it also opened some doors for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, well, both both rodeo queening
4: and uh, the FFA were two mm-hmm. huge helpers with me getting my start in music. And you know, the FFA with going back to nationals and and you know being. Amongst all these other FFA musicians, um, I played a song called I Want to Be a uh, – I'm a Country Girl and in front of 5,000 FFA kids and got a standing ovation and said, this is what I've got to do. And then, <laughs> um, you know, I was doing some Rodeo Queen things. Um, princess first of the Malala Buckaroo, then Queen – then Queen of Canby Rodeo, then uh, Miss Rodeo Oregon, then Miss Northwest Rodeo, and then believe it or not, I went back and competed for Miss Rodeo America at in Las Vegas uh-huh. at the finals. And um, uh-huh. wonderful, wonderful things came from all of that. Number one, big confidence builder. Where you know because it's it's kind of like a rodeo queen is is similar to a regular beauty pageant, but they have you have to be able to ride a horse. It's all Western, of course, but you are in front of people speaking. Um, You're kind of the representative of rodeo, if you will, so you go to luncheons and you go to different places and meet and greet and tell people about the rodeo and when it is and where it is, and um, so I would make appearances um, singing as well. Most of the rodeos I would sing the national anthem at least at, and then um, a lot of the other uh, events that they'd have at the rodeos I would sing at and some of the luncheons. And so um, b- before too long, I had my band, and, and um, we would go and play for the dances and some of the different things as well. And I met a lot of folks in the rodeo world that, believe it or not, I still um, am invited to come and perform at one of their rodeos or events to this day. So mm-hmm. long-lasting mm-hmm. relationships came from that. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I know Gary's going to jump ahead to um, 2014. Uh, Gary, do you want to do you want to do you want to tell her what we're going to play, and maybe she'll set it up for us?
0: All right, we're going to go to "Only Thing Bluer Than His Eyes," which is a great song. Got to tell us about that one.
4: Okay, um, now did you are you getting that off of the live album or off of the the uh, old hometown girl album?
5: Because it's
4: on, yeah. See, that was uh, <laughs> a, an album even even before the Warner Western. I was on, I was signed by Mr. Jimmy Bowen to what they called Universal Records then, and then it finally was released on Capitol Records because of some of the craziness that the Nashville business does, where they, you know. Dissolve on a a label and then put you on a different one or whatever But love that song And it was a top 20 single for me And we got to do my very first video with that song Went out to a little farm in Franklin And did a video for that I got to sing it on Nashville Now I got to do all kinds of wonderful things with that song Getting me um, really into some of the other countries that uh you know i wouldn't have been able to know how in the world to get over there had it not been for that label distributing that single at that time they were still doing those singles the 45s and they sent those all over so i got airplay not only in the u.s but in other countries with that song and uh so yeah very special song for me from a very special album because that was my very first national album
0: wow well, well, it is a great song, and it is the only thing bluer than eyes. Joni Harm's will be back at Camp Cafe, and we will kind of move up in years when we come back in just a moment. Okay. <laughs> special guest today on the campfire cafe and uh was asking a little bit about the changes in the recording industry over the past 20 plus years Uh, what advice would you give a new performer coming into the music industry today i know you're giving olivia some great advice (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, I don't know if it's always great, but I always have plenty for her, believe me.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
4: she, she, she's doing great, and thank goodness she asked me a lot of times what I think of this or that. And uh, You know, I mean, what an honor that was to have be signed by the legendary Jimmy Bowen because he at that time was responsible for George Strait, for Reba McIntyre, even uh, had done – you know uh, Frank Sinatra's music, and so I mean, what a what a person to get an okay. I you yeah. know I remember um, the very dry interview with him being signed to the label. He said very very few words, just asked a lot of questions, and and um, you know I I and one of them was why do you think I should sign you? And so that kind <laughs> of like goes with what your question is. And, you know, I mean, that that is really a, a hard thing. How do you know if you're good enough? How do you know what it's going to take? How do you know what kind of direction to go? I guess, and really, it's the answer I can give is just follow your heart. I mean, I don't try to be anybody else. There's only one you and, and these other performers. You can use people for guidance. I mean, I, I was a big fan of Emmylou, Merle, um, Dolly Parton, Buck Owens music. I mean, those were people that I definitely look to for um ideas of how I wanted to present myself. But right. um on the same hand, those people are there. So you need to be you need to be yourself and there was times too when record labels and I think to some degree some of them still do, um, find a uh a pretty person with a good voice, and then um, they say, you know, what what direction? Who? Do, how do you see yourself? And and they really don't know. So I think, uh, you know, just happy to to maybe have the opportunity to record for a label. But I think it's it's really really important that that um, you are who you are and and the music that you record and get out there is a great representation of yourself. It's going to be there a lot longer than, than we're going to be on this earth. Our music hopefully will be around forever. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's important that you only put things out there that I, that you're going to be proud of. And, you know, same with that, all the stuff some people put on the internet, you know, you need to be careful about that. That's going to be around forever. So it's, it's just, uh, just a thing that is, 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 really really put your heart and soul into whatever you record and however you record it and make it something that, you know, you'd be just as happy for your five year, for a five year old child to hear as, as your grandma, you know, I mean, it's, and everybody in between, it's, it's gotta be something that that is really a good representation of yourself. I think.
0: And I think that advice of being yourself, probably good, whatever you're going into. So. Yes. Yep. whether it be the entertainment business or or something else just be yourself and be true to yourself that's great great advice and make great sure advice.
4: that the, the man upstairs is 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 um somebody you're keeping uh you know, in the loop, so if you will that that you, you know you you make sure that everything you're doing hopefully feels feels right with with him because music is a talent i mean it's a it's a gift mm-hmm, from god mm-hmm. um and you know really everybody's got a talent of some sort, and I think that's kind of up to us to figure out what kind of a talent that we were blessed with and then and then use that um to the best of our ability uh because I think that's what God wants us to do it's the talent he gives us.
0: Amen. Amen. So you had just mentioned that some folks that were kind of a pattern and example for you were Dolly, Emmy Lou, and this fellow, Merle. And uh, <laughs> so you know what we're getting ready to play is Merle. I think so. But uh, how did he influence you in your musical career?
4: Well, I mean, there's only one Merle, and I think that's something that I, I really look for in today's music. Some of it I find, I mean, I really um, embrace all the music out there, but, but someone who can maybe, you know that it is going to be one of their songs coming up with the first little little tiny bit of the intro of the song, that's pretty amazing. And, and I, I mean, Merle Haggard had that sound that he created with The Strangers, um, that you, the first couple of licks, you knew it was a Merle song, and then he had that velvet voice, and, you know, a lot of the songs were, um, you know, not maybe something I would have written, but right. he had a, a real style all of his own again, and that that is something I think as an artist you really strive to make yourself unique and not, not be somebody else so that you, your voice, your song style, or your songwriting style, um, can be recognized right off the bat and sets you apart from some of the other people. And, and, and so that makes you a, a artist rather than just a singer. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's really a big part. I met Merle in Lake Shasta. Um, he was playing there when I was passing through, and I got to sing with him and harmonize with him on some of his songs. And,
5: oh, wow. And a
4: uh, uh, very, very influential person. I mean, it, it was uh, really uh, one of the memories that I treasure, but uh, certainly um, made a difference in a lot of people's lives his music, I believe, so that's 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 something that, you know, we can always only hope and dream about doing something like that, making a difference in people's lives.
0: Well, I mentioned this before, but when he passed away, I don't think I ever an artist that received more accolades and more tributes <laughs> and uh, that was a lot.
4: Was awesome. was Absolutely. It a and they know this, like I say in the song, you know, you, 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 your music will never die because cause yeah. country legends never will. And that that's what yes. I was mm-hmm. also saying a little earlier. You know, you, your music is going to be around a lot longer than, than, than yourself here on earth. So, I mean, he's a perfect example of that, isn't
0: he? He is. He is. So let's hear Joni's song Merle and we'll be back in just a moment.
3: Born in nineteen thirty-seven, he grew up in an old box car. Who'd think a lonesome fugitive would make it very far? With a jail cell for a schoolhouse And an old six-string guitar Somehow this branded man Became a country star He was a Yogi from Muskogee And he sang his songs with pride We all stood right beside him Walking on the fighting side Although he never knew it he broke ground and led the way For so many of us in the music industry today No one could write a song the way that you could murder Sure he's up in heaven, wearing silver wings, and that velvet voice is singing and bending guitar strings. I bet a choir of angels were there to welcome you, and Hank and George and John.
2: Jim Varsos from her newest album Lucky 13 Um, so Joni let's talk a little bit about Lucky 13 because I think the uh, next two songs he's got queued up are from that album you want to just tell us a little bit about why um, 13 is lucky for you (laughs) <laughs> well, we were talking about Luke
5: uh,
4: Luke's adventure uh, going to Nashville and recording Cowgirl Dreams with me a little earlier. Um, and Lucky 13 is my lucky number because Olivia was um, very close to being born, and I had this wonderful opportunity to play at the Speedway in Portland with Ricky Skaggs and Clint Black, and, oh, my goodness, there was a list of, of artists that were going to be there. And so I was very excited about Um, Being able to play that show And so I told my doctor I said that the the show was coming up On June 15th So I really wanted to make sure that I had Had Olivia by the time That show came around So I said well if you haven't um, Gone into labor before the 13th Come on in the morning of that So off I go on June 13th Checked into room 13 And lo and behold at one (laughs) thirteen, Which military time is, Is is when she was born. So, you know, it uh, it's, was absolutely crazy. Um, but here she, she was. And so then the the 15th, I loaded her up and took her to the show and brought her out on stage at, at a day and a half old and introduced her to everybody and pretty much told her, this is the music business. This is the, the life I live. And, and now look at her. This is the life she lives as well. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> but um, but no, uh, that's why Lucky 13, I said, if I ever do a 13th CD, I'm going to name it Lucky 13. And so I did, and uh, I recorded Lucky 13 in Ireland with Des Sheeran producing it, who had done my live album, Oregon to Ireland, as well. And it was just a really fun experience because uh, in Nashville, When I've recorded in the studios, I'm usually staying either in a hotel or staying with some friends or something outside in Nashville. So you've got to get up and drive to the studio and get yourself ready. Well, in Ireland, um, the studio was just below the loft apartment that I stayed in. And so I felt almost like I was back out there on the farm. I woke up to the roosters crowing and the cows bawling, <laughs> and and uh, then all I had to do is is throw on my sweats or whatever. I felt like I'd easily get dressed and showered and ready, but I could have just gone down in that. And just below me was was the recording studio. So we recorded as long as we wanted to. Took breaks when we wanted to. Um, the Sheeran Family Band is an awesome group of of musicians that I just fell in love with when I went over there the first time and then did the the Oregon to Ireland album and so it just I had been doing several shows um, in Ireland and around the area uh, a couple of other countries and I just thought you know why not just um, stay over here and uh take a little extra time and and record with them. And so I, I did, and I couldn't be more pleased with the way the album turned out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it is I a think, great, um, great album. Great I album. Great.
2: Gary, uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, which what are you going to choose of the last two here? I know I'm looking at the clock. What Are you going you know, to well, try the, to get them both in?
0: <laughs> no, I'm afraid we're just running out of time. And Joni Harms, you are always much fun to have on the show (laughs) I'll I'll declare well thank you thank you thank you but uh, for the listeners around the world that have been listening to this show and they have been listening to music from back in 1998 all the way up to the current time with Lucky 17 how can they find your music and how can they buy it and how can they follow your tour schedule
4: well, um, the tour schedule probably the best still to go to the website uh, JoniHarms.com. But um, pretty much all the other social media um, and, and, and music outlets, um, from iTunes to you know Spotify, uh, all those all those outlets have have my music now. So it's not too hard to find. Um, and boy, do I appreciate it. You know, I, I whatever you choose to to listen um, to music is is great and and you know talking about the cds i still certainly have all 14 available um but on the same end if you choose to go through other outlets to get it that's just fine and and again a huge huge thank you to gary and bobby for supporting and playing music and and interviewing people and still doing all this such a great thing that you guys do this and and i know all of us i'm Speaking for myself and, and all of us other independent artists these days, it's it's a great outlet for us, and, and, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts.
0: Well, you are so welcome, and mm-hmm. we love having you on the mm-hmm. show, and when you're in Nashville, we're going to get together this time. We have, okay, missed any- <laughs> <laughs> we have been doing a real good job of missing each other, but we're going to get connected this time, so anyway. Look forward to having you come back, Joni. All right, we're going to close yeah, out this, uh, this segment of the show with Wheat Summer Hay. It is from the album Lucky 13, and we'll be back in just a moment.
3: Green fields are waving in a warm summer breeze. Rolled my hat to my brow Rolled my jeans to my knees Up on a tractor Right by his side All through the day On that tractor I'd ride Then we'd pick up the bales And haul them away But oh, when I Of that sweet summer hay Sweet summer hay We had a barn With rafters so high At a dance in the barn You first caught my eye Watching folks sway To the fiddle so sweet When you asked me to dance My heart skipped a beat Then you took my hand And we slipped away Shared our first kiss In that sweet summer hay Sweet summer hay
0: Equestrian Legacy Radio. When we come back, we will be talking about a journey of 5,000 miles. Stay tuned. Wildfire, Welcome back to Saddle Up America for this Thursday, and we have a group of ladies that we are going to be talking with about an exciting ride called the Mustang Discovery Ride. So right now, I'd like to welcome Lisa Dears, who is the founder of the Equus Film and Arts Fest, Hannah Catalino and Lizanne Sear to the show. Hey, ladies. Hey, well, hi, Gary. How are you? <laughs> uh, gosh, well, it's it's so good to have you joining us today. And um, I guess I'd kind of like to start with uh, with uh, Lizanne and uh, Hannah and tell us a little bit. Uh, uh, Lizanne, why don't you tell us how you and Hannah met?
6: Yeah, so back in 2014, I entered into an extreme Mustang makeover in Nampa. And Hannah entered in the same competition. And luckily, there was a Facebook group where all of us trainers were kind of keeping track of everyone's progress. And it was so cool to see Hannah's updates because she was doing everything at Liberty. And I just had no background in that. So I made it a point when I went to the show to meet her. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I did because... Yeah, seven years later, here we are, about to embark on a five thousand mile journey together.
0: Oh, 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 so cool! And so, Luzanne, you're from Wyoming. Hannah, wh- where are you from?
7: So, I live in Montana.
0: Okay, originally
7: raised in Texas, though, but Montana's my home.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, and if I'm not mistaken, haven't you been participating in the Makeovers a little bit longer than Luzanne has?
7: I have. Um, I've actually been involved in the Mustang makeovers um, since I was a youth. I actually started at 17 with two yearlings, and next year will be 10 years that I've been involved in Mustangs, and um, yeah, I mean, this whole journey and getting involved with the Mustangs has just been so life-changing.
0: Wow, wow. We're going to find out more about the Mustang Discovery Ride, but, but Lisa Dearson, you're just everywhere. And how did you meet these <laughs> how did you meet these two ladies?
8: Well, Gary, and first of all, happy almost birthday, Bobby, because it was a year ago we were on the show talking about the festival. And it was Bobby's birthday that day.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> but, wow uh,
8: yeah, I, I don't Well, you know our dear wonderful friend Trudy Midas. Right. Trudy met me out in um Montana at the Art of the Cowgirl Festival, which is an amazing event, and she's like, "Lisa, you just have to meet these girls because they need your help and <laughs> I met the girls in Montana in June, and here I am, and here is Equis, and we're working on getting a documentary and a docu series going as these girls get ready to take off and we're going to have them zooming into classrooms around the world because a lot of the Equus filmmakers, as you know, are placed strategically around the globe. So right. We already have them getting ready to go into Mongolia and India and Chattanooga, Tennessee with Sue Ann Wells, who is our other wonderful, dear friend on this project.
5: Right. So, yes.
8: And and you know me, I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh uh, gosh. Well so so you're gonna be filming this this uh and it will be a documentary about the uh Mustang Discovery ride. But um Hannah, how did you girls decide to do the ride from across the country? Most people ride from one border to the other, you know, north to south or south to north. How did you girls decide to ride across the country from one coast to the other?
7: Uh yeah. So originally Lassanne and I were thinking um kind of a typical border to border ride, either Canada to Mexico or vice versa. Um but as I started like logistically looking at everything, I realized that I wouldn't be able to do that kind of ride um following like um the Pacific Crest Trail or um the Continental Divide Trail um, because I have um something a genetic disorder called sickle cell trait and so with the sickle cell trait, um, it just means that at high altitudes, or extreme conditions, um, my blood cells change shape and can't function properly. Um, wow. And so looking at the map, I was like, oh my gosh, like like I totally understand, Lisanne, if you find someone else that you can do this with. And I was really sad because I'm like, oh man, here's the end of my journey already. Um, but Lisanne was so amazing. She was like, oh, it's okay, we'll just find another trail. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I, I'll, I'll keep looking then. And so I started researching other trails and other routes, um, and I stumbled across the um, the American uh, Discovery Trail, and I was like, you know, kind of joking to Lisanne, I was like, oh, hey, here's a trail. And I mean, before we were talking maybe six months, um, you know, commitment to this, this deal, and um, I was like, hey, I found a trail, but it's going to take us a year, and Lizanne's <laughs> like, hey, it looks great. Let's do it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, you know, I just, from that moment, I was so thankful that I found, you know, the perfect trail partner that was so understanding and willing to, you know, adjust where needed.
0: Well, that's great. That is great. So, Lizanne, you're going to be 12 months out on the trail. Did you ever imagine that you'd be spending a year across America?
6: No, I mean, I grew up ranching as a kid, and so there was a lot of just daily work, being on your horse every day and that kind of thing, and I spent a year in Nebraska on a feedlot working on my horse every day, and it's always just been this dream of mine to build a life where I'm literally, like, with my horses every single day. I just didn't know that that was going to be riding on a trail across America in, and <laughs> inspiring adoption for Mustangs. So, it's uh, crazy where the world takes you.
0: <laughs> it is amazing where the world will take you. So, tell us about inspiring people to uh, to adopt Mustangs because it's uh, you're, you're, I don't know whether it's your logo. You're saying it's 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs. So, what is your goal from this?
6: Yeah, our biggest goal is to inspire and most importantly, educate on the adoption of 5,000 Mustangs from Holdings. Uh, We have partnered with the Mustang Heritage Foundation, and they have this fantastic program called the Tip program, where Mm -hmm. trainers are paid incentives to train and tame horses. So that way, people who maybe don't have all of the tools in their toolbox to train something straight out of the wild are able to get those horses more accessible to them.
0: Tell us a little bit about what the TIP program is about, because uh, as Lizanne said, you, you are kind of prepping the horses. So tell us what the TIP program involves. The TIP program
7: um, is a program that I've also been involved in um, quite a bit. Um, and kind of the goal of the program is to adopt the horses out into, um, you know, get them kind of in a bridge uh, or bridge their training um, so that they can go into, you know, um, a home that, and it totally depends on the horse, um, if they're ready for, you know, just the average person or they still, a lot of them at that point still need someone with some horse experience, but the requirements are that the horses can pick up their feet, Uh, the tip trainers have to teach them to trailer load. And halter and catch, Um, but there's a lot of trainers. Depending on the trainer, that may do more, and um, you know, a lot of them are in it for the horse and really care about, you know, the long-term success of these horses.
0: Okay, so once those horses are there, then people are eligible to uh, to purchase the horse from the tip trainer, and uh, and. You know, a lot of folks are involved in that across the country. So that is a great program and a great way for people uh, who may not be real horse folks to kind of get started. And the requirements are a little bit different, aren't they, for a person to take one from the wild and to to take a tip-trained horse.
7: Yes. Um, So it's amazing, the tip program. I mean, it offers horses still at the $125 adoption fee. Uh, same price as someone would pay for a wild horse, um, but, you know, this horse has more training, and the uh, program, you know, it's government-funded um, through the Mustang Heritage Foundation's funding, um, and they, they're they the ones who pays the trainers, so, I mean, it's a win-win uh, for everyone involved, and, um, but, yeah, the facilities for us tip trainers are, Um, a lot different. Um, I mean, if you came and saw my property, I have eight foot fencing. Um, It's no joke. You know, these are wild horses. I'm in the mountains. I want to make sure nothing gets out of here. Um, And, you know, I mean, everything is built so that horses can be um, shuffled in, you know, into the the round pin and unloaded straight from the trailer. And, you know, they're in eight foot fencing until they transition into five foot fencing. And I mean, it's a process.
0: Yeah, so uh, if I understand correctly, the um, Mustang Discovery ride will start September the 28th. So what have you girls been doing to get yourselves and your horses in condition to ride 5,000 miles?
6: Yeah, the other day I was able to go... Um, Ride with two gals that are riding the Continental Divide Trail right now, and they ended up coming and staying at Hannah's house and Hannah was even kind enough to loan them one of her personal horses as a pack horse to them Um, But we ended up training with them for a day and I rode 27 miles with them one day along the highway it's a lot of miles. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy to put that amount of miles in the saddle, but it really didn't take that long. I mean, I've done a lot of pack trips up in the mountains where we've had some long twenty, uh, eight or thirty mile days. But going along the road and uh, adapting to Bernice Indy, Lady Long Rider, some of her been there as far as like walking a little bit here, like getting off your horse and walking for an hour or so, and then getting on your horse and trotting for an hour, and then like taking breaks and when you take those breaks completely unsaddling them and letting all of your gear and equipment dry and -hmm. then repacking everything and continuing on down the trail. And you're doing that multiple times a day, but you're able to keep your horses in good shape and you in good shape and give them breaks and give yourself breaks. So uh, it's quite the experience and just the wealth of knowledge from like all these other people who have gone on crazy trips. I mean, Hannah and I have been reading so many books of different people who have done long rides to pick up advice here and there
0: right 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 well you you've got an extreme long ride you know long riders ride 1500 miles yours is about three three times that plus so you've got quite <laughs> yeah. a long ride so lisa uh you guys will be filming and putting together helping put together the documentary who else is involved in this as far as sponsors? You mentioned uh, San Wells just a minute ago and and uh, mentioned Mustang Heritage Foundation. Who else is involved in this from a financial standpoint?
8: Well, well what I, I'm actually signed on with them to executive direct them um, for the project. And wow. Julianne Neal is going to come in with JA Media working on the film end of it.
5: Okay. So
8: um, we've got a really good good crew coming in on that part. And we're partnering with Equus. We now have Equus TV down in um, the Ocala and, and Wellington area, which is expanding across the country. They're on, um, they're free for everyone. I'll put a link up for you. Okay. Um, channel, Equestrian TV channel. And they're going to have one of their gals that will be going out and starting the ride with them. Jacqueline met the girls when we were out in uh, Montana and Jacqueline has been diligently working, because she's not a horse person, she's been diligently working on getting herself ready to do the first four or five days of 20-mile rides
5: with the girls <laughs> so she can
8: work on filming and everything. She's You're a right? great sport. I'm just amazed at how she stepped up to the plate and, like, is sending me videos, and she's now riding without hands at a canter. And I, I mean, oh, she's wow. just yeah, I'm, like, so proud of her. Um, and then, we're, you know, because this trail that the girls are going on, it's what people don't know is that this is the first east-west trail that will ever be dedicated. It's actually going through Congress right now to be dedicated as a national trail. So the cool thing that's happening is this will be America's Horses on America's Trail, which no, no time ever in the history has there been an interconnected trail going east to west, and the girls will be off the trail where they have to where they don't have it ready for horses yet but right. uh, or when it's you know depending on the safety of the horses and the girls, but for the most part, so it's it's a pretty cool, important thing that's happening, and when they're going through d c um we have two of our um, Patty Gerber and Jimmy, who run R&R Veterans Program up here outside of Chicago, that are part of the new Mustang documentary that's going to be coming out in the middle of um, October. They're going to go down and ride with the girls across, um, going into Washington, D.C., and then we have a group of 22 veterans when they make it to the Illinois border, to to honor the 22 veterans who commit suicide every day, going to ride with the girls from the east side of Illinois to the west side of Illinois. Oh, that's great. To me, it's amazing everyone who's stepping up to ride along and help these girls. And there's a group they're going to be riding with that's going to join them at the beginning of the ride. So I just think across the country, you know, these Mustang horses, to bring awareness to the Mustang horses, as america's horse and make this ride be america's ride and people can join them um we're going to get a little form filled up on the website so that people can sign up and we'll just ask for a donation for people who want to ride along for a day or two with them kind of like they did with the caravan documentary with the parisian horses so you know it's, it's such a great opportunity for people and um we, there's a new program called War Horse Challenge, and they're actually going to be creating a challenge for their riders to join that will be called the American Discovery Ride Challenge.
5: So going wow.
8: forward, after the, the girls complete their ride, every year there will be an award, and, a, and this challenge will be people, people can ride phases. You know, they can get a 10-mile challenge or a 20-mile, you know, or they can do 100. They can do whatever that fits into their their life.
0: Wow. But um, wow.
8: It's just very cool. I mean, everybody's coming on
0: Well, but that, that is an exciting thing, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people along the way that will want to be joining you to ride for whatever distance they, that they can and help support you in this effort. But uh, I want to take a real quick break. This is uh, one called Hope the Horses Run. I hope horses don't. Too much running because they've got to make it from <laughs> one end of the country to the other. But uh, this is by Dave Munzik We'll be back in just a minute. This is Saddle Up America.
9: Night has come, and day is through. Down. They wait for you, on golden grass, in silver light, hold the horses run, in your dreams tonight. him up the evening trail, on magic wings, across the sky, hope the horses are run in your dreams tonight, buckskins and ronies, Ruyos and gray, on those that fall just like gentle rain, jump. Say goodnight, go to sleep, turn out the lights, hope the horses run in your dreams tonight.
5: Close up your eyes now,
9: you can see, cross the hills out into your dreams.
0: We're talking a little bit about the ride across the country, and this is the Mustang Discovery ride. Uh, Hannah, where will you get girls be starting from?
7: So we'll be starting in Delaware and kind of going through um, several states, uh, Maryland, West Virginia, Illinois Indiana, Indiana, um, and all the way out to California.
0: And... Uh, Lisa Ann, where will you be ending up in California?
7: Uh, so the
6: trail originally goes through San Francisco and ends there, but we are not able to ride our horses across the Golden Gate Bridge, sadly. So we're <laughs> going to detour up north and ride through wine country, which I'm pretty excited about.
0: <laughs> I would be excited about that, too. That'll be a lot of fun. So we, we're talking about you getting in condition and and doing some rides right now um, what kind of Mustangs will you be riding this could be a long journey so how many Mustangs and do you have any any other critters that might be going along this journey? so which yeah. one of you would like to tell me about that Lizanne is that you
6: yeah I'll start kind of with my total Hannah and I added it up the other day and we have like 13 different uh, critters in play for this. Um, I personally am actually going to ride a horse out of the prison program that I first met at the Darwin Ranch five years ago. Uh, he'll be my main riding horse, but our videographer horse right now is actually the horse that I first had for the Extreme Mustang Makeover back in 2014. So he's been my pride and joy and if you guys look at any of our social media he's the one that i'm standing on top of doing a tree pose in front of a cool mountain (laughs) so he's he's a pretty cool part of our trip and then uh we actually are bringing someone who inspired the whole trip and brought hannah and i together on actually doing this trip across the country and that's our mule stang abilene she's a wild-born mule in twin peaks california herd management area
5: wow and
6: we are super excited to have her as a part of the trip because i have been searching for a mule stang for seven years and it's finally finally happened so <laughs> yeah those are a few of our main ones that are starting the trip with us and then it's been crazy. I mean, I found out the other day I finally wrote all the names down that I have my name on 10 different animals
5: and finding
6: homes for them. Yeah. Finding the right homes for them for a year has been hard. Uh, But we were fortunate enough to cross trails with a gal by the name of Karen Hardy, who rode uh, some rescue horses from Italy all the way to England. And she actually took two of my personal horses that I've had for quite a few years and one of Hannah's horses and she's training them right now to meet us she's going to ride from Spokane area all the way down to meet us somewhere in Utah so those horses can join us for the rest of the day too
0: so what kind of support crew Hannah are you going to have as you're traveling across the country
7: um I mean, when we initially decided to do this, it was really important that, you know, we'd have a support truck and vehicle. Um, Things sometimes change, so we're not entirely sure what's going to happen with that right now. Um, But, I mean, you know, going forward, really, like, networking um, is going to be a huge part of this. It's not something that, you know, we can do alone. Um, You know, just all the help and support we can get um, either just, you know, the kindness of, you know, networking and finding a place for us to stay with the horses overnight. Um, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, having Lisa on the team has been so amazing, uh, cause she knows a lot of people and, um, yeah, that's been a huge blessing in itself.
5: All right, I'd like well, of cut
7: in
6: here a little bit on that. Yeah, go ahead. Like, just one more note is like on our website, we actually have our route mapped out. And if you live anywhere, like, along that route or, like, in the vicinity kind of deal, like, please send us a message of any sort, whether that be through Instagram or Facebook or an email. Um, Just kind of, like, with your name and possibly your address of where you're at. I'm kind of in charge of, like, logistics and map planning. So, I'm building a map where I have dropped pinpoints of people who have said like we can stay with them where they have facilities or they have a family member who lives near there. And, uh, that would, that would be a huge help. Just shoot us a message if you possibly live somewhere along the route or know of someone who might. All
5: right. Well, that the, the would girls be, that are would
6: also
8: be. A... Gonna, <clears throat> go ahead. They're also going to be planning on doing clinics and, and, um, Oh, God, of course, I'm, it's not clinics. That's not the word they want me to use, but they're going to be training sessions um, at some of the barns and facilities along the way. <clears throat> so, you know, we, we're, the plan is it's not an everyday riding. They'll be doing one in Maryland on the, and, and people will be able to sign up for that. It'll be the last weekend of um, October, the 22nd through the 24th, and that'll be on the west Side of Maryland, and we'll have information up on the website, and people can always reach out to, you know, send me an email or call me, uh, you know, I'll be the phone that'll probably be live through most of the journey, because okay. we don't know yet where, you know, where they're going to be, but the Maryland part is pretty much so, you um, know, we know where they're going to be and what they're going to be doing all the way through Maryland, because um, Maryland is actually a, a big uh, sponsors and the supporter that's come on board the uh, Maryland Horse Industry Board with Ross Petticore, and they're going to be at the Maryland's, October is Horse Month in Maryland.
0: So the okay. girls will be
8: riding into Maryland and doing a big kickoff event October 2nd, and then riding into the D.C. area on the 12th, and then doing their clinic, and they'll be, hopefully, will be doing a movie premiere on the 14th, and then they're going up to New Jersey to see be part of the Mustang makeover in um, what's the name of the town in New Jersey? Lisanne? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Mustang makeover in New Jersey on the 15th and 16th of October that the girls will be there at to talk about their, their trip.
5: Okay.
8: Maryland is going to be a lot of fun stuff going on in Maryland. A lot of things where people can come and meet and, and and ride along and help the girls and do whatever?
0: Well, one day I was out feeding my horses, and I looked down my long driveway, and coming up the driveway was a cowboy riding an Appaloosa and feeding another one. And he was riding from Michigan to Santa Fe, New Mexico, via Florida. And so people are pretty giving i put him and his horses up for the night and even grilled out for him that evening so i'm sure that you'll find plenty of places to stay and plenty of people are willing to to help and uh uh, in his particular case i called uh, middle tennessee state university and it was on his route so he was able to stay there for a few days and recuperate so those things will happen you guys will be safe and enjoy some good food while you're out here. I'm pretty (laughs) sure. So that'll be, that'll be nice.
6: Logan Logan township, New Jersey is where the extreme Mustang makeover would be held October 14th through the 16th.
0: Okay. All right. And I would imagine, uh, Lisa, that as they are progressing, people will be able to find out where they are exactly. So they, they could maybe get ahead of them and greet them and, and support them. And, Mm -hmm. um, we're
8: going so to try to kind of a weekly um, Zoom thing that will be up on um, YouTube talking about where the girls are at so that, you know, every week we've got kind of that weekly update and, of course, they're Instagram girls, so there'll be a lot of Instagram posting and pictures going up as much as possible because, again, like we, we were saying, it's we want everybody to feel like this ride is theirs and these horses are for everyone.
0: That's right. Well, they are America's horse America's and, horse. uh, yep. and there are, there are so many of these Mustangs that need homes, I think over 50,000 in holding facilities another 80 or 90 out on the range. And, uh, and they need, they need homes. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the ranges, the plains just can't support all these animals. As we start going into winter, it's going to be real rough for them. And uh, if you've been keeping up with the news, you know that there are a lot of fires that are going on and taking place right yep. now, too. So they need homes, and um, they make great, great companions as well. Uh, what am I missing? What are we not talking about that we need to talk about?
7: Yeah, I well, I mean, we on top to of, um, some... oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Hannah's
0: a Hannah, <our>
7: quiet one.
0: All right, <laughs> Hannah, can anything?
7: Oh, well, I just wanted to mention another t- team member. Um, and besides there being a lot of Mustangs that need homes, there's a lot of burros that also need homes. And, um, uh, yeah. my little tip challenge, uh, burro Cody, he's actually going to join at some part of our trip and we has a burro named Tito too. Um, oh, and cool. for people that maybe aren't comfortable adopting a Mustang, the burrows are so amazing. I've only had burrows for a few years, and I'm like, where have they been my whole life? Like, they're such amazing <laughs> creatures. So I highly recommend people look into, you know, maybe they're they're not ready for a Mustang, but, oh, my gosh, burrows are, like, the most amazing creatures. I mean, along with the Mustangs. But, um, yeah, they definitely need homes as well.
0: They do. They do. All right. And, uh, Lizanne, am I missing anything on your part?
7: Yeah,
6: I mean, I think one thing that we should touch base on is just kind of, like, what makes, like, the Mustang such a unique equine in the industry right now.
0: All right. So and, go ahead and uh, share it with us. Yeah.
6: Yeah, like, for me, I grew up around quarter horses, and it was a huge disappointment to my grandfather when I brought home a paint horse home. He's much more a fan of, like, the completely solid no-socks Right. Uh, your solid bay or solid sorrel. So that was kind of my first disappointment possibly to my grandpa there. But then, uh, and I wasn't allowed to ride Mustangs at that point. They were just considered desert rats. And, Wow. but when I was in college, I was looking to ride anything, just put a little bit of food on the table and I ended up riding this little Mustang named Callie and she changed my world. I mean, she showed me just how compassionate they are and, One thing that she showed me that was unique to any other horse that I had stepped on was, like, once I had her trust, she was just so willing to do anything for me. And I just find that bond so special with the Mustangs is, like, once you build that trusting bond, they'll just do absolutely anything you ask of them.
0: Well, the Mustang family is a big family, and the reason that they are so committed is because these animals are so great to to fool with. And uh, they make great companions. And uh, great partners in life. So, Mustang Discovery Ride and uh, Lisa, give us a website where people could go and, and kind of keep it up.
8: It'll be on the, <clears throat> the website is Mustang Discovery Ride or MustangDiscovery.com. That's the girls' home website. We'll also have a link up on and a page up on Equus Film Festival net that will have the map and everything for the girls and they have their Facebook page which is uh, Mustang Discovery Ride.
0: I've already liked and that page, so go go and like yeah. Mustang Mustang Going Discovery like Ride on Facebook.
8: Is, we'll be posting a, a links of everything. We'll go into that news feed there, and then we'll be the girls will be doing Instagram and. As I get told by everybody, I've got to be. Uh, our people with the film festival are like, you've got to do more Instagram. So
5: <laughs> I'm going to be
8: trying to work on that. Um, so we'll be, you know, we'll be working on all of it. And people can reach out. And they, um, you know, a- again, if people want to ride or whatever, they can email the girls. They can email me. Um, and all those are, uh, links are on the web, are the Facebook page and the website pick up the phone, call me direct, I can get you to the girl. All
0: right. Yeah, we're also looking for. Go ahead.
6: Oh, I was going to add that we're also looking for donations, too, to help us out and get across the country, and you can donate directly on our website as well.
0: All right. So I'm sure people will want to be doing that. And um, one thing that I'm going to ask is, as you girls get into this thing for a few months to come back on the show and kind of update us as to what's happening and, and where you are. Would you do that?
6: We'd
7: love to. Oh, yeah. Move. That would be awesome. All
0: right. Well, Lisa, Anytime great. you talk, All right. want to
7: talk. All right. Tell
0: them <laughs> what
7: it's
0: going All right. And, Lisa, I, 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 uh, last year uh, the film festival did not take place because of COVID. And I think right. I that you plan on having it this year both online and in person so have well, you got a lo- you have a location for us this time
6: yeah your computer um, yeah. And your tv
8: screen we've decided because of everything happening with the variant and it being um we're going to be making a big move next year um to ocala florida for the next 5 years we're going to okay. be going into an agreement down in ocala Um, that Florida and most of our international people aren't able, even our Canadian people can't travel here yet. So there's no telling what's going to be going on in November. So we're going to do kind of a virtual awards um, slash live. So um, Julianne and Diana and our crew from Equus TV will be in Chicago, where we started the film festival, which will be nine years ago this year. And we'll be doing our Winnie Awards on Sunday night, but um, everything else will be available for people to watch online um, starting, I think it's November uh, 12th, all the way, we're going to have those. it'll be 12th through the 21st. We're going to have films available for 10 days for people to sign in and watch the, the festival. And then the awards will be on the 14th live in the evening. And more information will be up on the Equus Film Festival Facebook page as we get it. So you know uh, it's just you just never know with this COVID stuff now, so it's kinda better to err on the side of caution I think with planning for international people to come in.
0: Well, I understand (laughs) that. I understand that. So we look forward to the day when COVID is not such a problem (laughs) and we can come back and attend the Equus Film Festival again. So we look forward to that time coming.
8: With our Equus family, because we have so many amazing filmmakers, they're going to be stepping in and doing some of the filming. We have, like, even Rupa is coming in from India to film these, the, the ride for the girls. So we'll oh, right. have these, these different filmmakers from all over the world coming in to film different parts of the journey with the girls. So it's, that
0: it's will very be exciting. That would be great. That would be exciting. Well, Lizanne and Hannah, and of course Lisa, it's been great to have you on the show. We look forward to following your journey in this grand adventure with a Mustang Discovery ride, and uh, I hope that we can get those 5,000 Mustangs adopted. That would be that would be icing on the cake. That would be great. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank Thank you you very much much for
5: having us. us.
8: And you too, Bobby. I mean, it was just a nice show. So again, Gary, for everything you do and helping us get this message out there.
0: Well, you are very, very welcome. So we're going to say goodbye right now to these ladies. We're going to listen to a song by Mr. Dave Stamey called Where the Horse is Gone. And we'll be back in just a moment on Saddle of America.
10: The sky ablaze Horses turning round Firing their eyes And the night winds come And carry them away In a fitful, he sees The horses run Along the brakes That climb above the river the gray mist is rising and he sees it come, he cries out, but it swallows them. yellow rocks, he drive them toward the trap in the canyon. Where shale and joy scarred their hearts in his mind. On old slippered feet A lamp burns dim in the hall While sirens wail down some
0: The horse is gone, Mr. Dave Stamey. today on Saddle Up America. And we have had a fun show today on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. It was great to have Joni Harmers joining us on the Campfire Cafe, and great to have these young ladies joining us up on Saddle Up America. And this going to be an exciting ride and a lot of fun to keep up with them as they travel on this Mustang Discovery Ride it starts in just about a month, and, uh, and we'll end up in California a year from now. So it's going to be fun keeping up with them. We encourage you to do that. Visit their Facebook page and the website, Mustang Discovery Ride. Well, we've got a great show lined up for next week. Mr. Jones will be joining us for September the 2nd. and Randy- Rasmussen will be with us with Backcountry Enforcement of America as we continue on in September on the Equestrian Legacy radio network the apple doesn't fall far from the trees and so we're going to close out the show today with a great song from Joni's daughter Olivia Harms this is a song she's done called Traveling Soldier we remind you if you're climbing the saddle get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy radio thanks for listening
5: two
3: days past 18 he was waiting for the bus in his army green sat down in a booth cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair he's a little shy so she give him a smile and he said would you mind sitting down for a while talk? Said, I'm off in and out and I know where we can go So they went down and they sat on the pier He said, I bet you got a boyfriend but I don't care I got no one to send a letter to Would you mind if I send one back?
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by loss. terms and conditions. 18 plus.